0: welcome everyone to the authentic as fuck podcast what's up welcome elizabeth (laughs) yeah so i was gonna say like kind of building off what we were talking about because we were talking about how why why can't they make that mic smaller but maybe it's so good because it's bigger yeah
1: (laughs) i think
0: and that's kind of how it is like you know when computer first came out i remember people saying like why wouldn't every software be cloud-based? Like when games started coming out, right? And games started becoming cloud-based where you can play it from your phone. And like why wouldn't every everything be like that? Because every year there's more powerful game that comes out that the cloud cannot handle that you need a console for.
1: That's why. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> it works. So they're just going to keep doing that. But I mean, the consoles have gotten smaller. I mean, I remember back, I mean, I'm not a gamer at all nowadays, but. Back when I would play, like, I remember how big, um, like, the PlayStation was and how big, like, Nintendo was. And then I remember when, like, Nintendo 64 came out, it was, like, a big deal because it was so much smaller. Uh, And then the cube. It it got bigger again. And then they had the really Mm -hmm. slim.
0: Because now they're pretty much like a computer.
1: So they have to process, like, all the video and all that
0: i feel like we got all the sizes wrong because like in the 90s everything was about smaller yeah. and smaller and smaller but like look at the phones now bigger. like it's all about yeah. bigger <laughs> you know like for a night in the 90s we just kept phones kept getting remember the star tech yeah. and the like it kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and then at some point it got bigger and bigger and well
1: bigger. i mean because there was more that you needed to see right like back when we had flip phone, flip phones like i remember when i got the razor it's like, oh, look how thin and small this phone is. There really wasn't much to see. Razor. The Razor, the Motorola Razor. And there was a pink one, which I had. And it was like super, Oh, I remember. Yeah, that's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like that was their whole thing.
0: It was a thinnest one. Yeah. But,
1: But, I mean, back then, there really wasn't much to look at. Like, I wasn't getting on the internet. I just needed to be able to text, really. Um, And the games on there weren't. I mean, it wasn't anything phenomenal. So people weren't emailing. People weren't, like, using it the way that they do. And so yeah, then once true. the iPhone, yeah. It's too early. So I think the value there was, like, oh, it's really thin because it's not doing very much compared to what it's doing now.
0: You know, that's how technology usually works. It's It's we first do one thing and then we do it wrong. And then we figure out actually we went the opposite way and then usually the best answer is somewhere in between so for example like remember when tvs first came out there was no such thing as cable it was all anal- it was all rabbit ears right everything was wireless and then we figured out the wave like the cables are better digital is better than waves so we switched to cables so it was all about cable right from the 80s to 90s you know And then now we're all going back to like now wireless again. Everybody wants Wi-Fi, right? But because it's before wireless is analog. And they were going the right direction. But then because of digital, they switched everything to cable. And then now they have best of both worlds. Now they can do both. And that's how every technology works. That's how like a PC, the computer that you're using now. Before there was a mainframe and then you had a remote like a weak computer that connects to the remote frame to do all the calculations and send it back. And then somebody came up with the brilliant idea of building all of that into one computer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So in the beginning, we were like, oh, it's all about the network. We had it right. <laughs> and then people were like, no, we got to bring it all into the <laughs> PC, right? And then now yeah. everything is going back to cloud where, okay, now everything needs to live in the server. You yeah. know what I mean? But because back then there was no something as an internet. Right. It was like an intranet, so cloud was the right way, but it wasn't good because it was intranet. But now we have the internet, so it's actually yeah you know, like every technology works like that.
1: yeah I think that's like that's what's required for the evolution, right? Like as things progress, you're gonna have these it's not linear. like progress is not linear and in, in everything. like I remember when I was really young in my career, one of my mentors. Was talking to me because I was super frustrated about, you know, not progressing the way I thought I would, in my pro- in my career, and thinking it was like do do A B B C D E, and it's just you just check off the boxes. In reality, he was like, no. What happens is you you. He compared it to two things. He compared it to like leapfrogging. So you're like kind of hopping back and forth, but you're still going forward. Like you're you might go over to the side. Mm-hmm but you're still ultimately going forward. And he also compared it to like football in like a football game. Like there's, you may step back, you know, you have a play that takes you back a few yards, but overall you gained or, you know, you're, you're gaining on one play, but you get pushed back a little bit, you gain, but ultimately you're going to go make that touchdown. And so as you were talking Uh. about like technology, it's not linear. So much of growth and evolution and change is not a linear oh, progress. No. Um, oh. It's going to be like forward, back, sideways. Learn, you know, just like with any. I mean, just even as individuals, that's how we grow. It's it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. linear.
0: What is progress like? What? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's. True. Like,
1: I mean, there you go. There's a good one to stump me, but. Um. <laughs> I don't, what I do know, I know what progress isn't and progress is not linear. And, and I think we just, it's easy to get, particularly in like personal growth and development or even your business have these expectations that it's just, it's got to be up or nothing or, or moving towards the goal or nothing. Like it's failure if it's anything else. And I think that's so not true. Um, granted it's extremely difficult to be in the middle of that and believe that it's not failure.
0: It probably has to do with um, what you were talking about that, like control, right? Like you don't like being out of control. And the fact that like, because when things are linear, that's you're in control. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But when things are zigzag like that, you're not in control. And It's it's, those two are probably related. Oh
1: yeah, I mean, now that you say it, of course. And I mean, like, it sounds so cliche to say, but those zigzags, like, I can look back and recognize how much growth actually happened. More growth, more development, more progress actually happened in the unexpected failures and successes, like the paths that I didn't really Mm. or the The, you know, these little roads that you take that are sideways from what you were thinking, um. They actually are probably what was required for me to to move forward. I mean, even the pandemic and our business, like we were like, oh, this is the ultimate, just nail in the coffin. Like this isn't going to (laughs) work, and this is it. You got to.
0: That's a great example. I mean, because it happened to both of us. Yeah. Right. Like it. It. It almost opened up a possibility that we thought didn't. We just discounted. We didn't know it was like, there. I mean, we knew it was there, but we just never thought of it as a possibility. Yeah. I just think because you know it's it's almost like you know when some for some reason when people quit their job and start a company. I mean, I guess it makes sense when somebody quits their job and start a business. They're like hundred and it's a thousand percent in. They're so excited that they don't even think about the possibility of going back to a nine to five job. That 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 scenario is like mm-hmm. out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So when they run that business, they don't even consider that as even a possibility. Do you understand what I mean? Kind of like how. Like, if you, if you look at the switch that you guys made from B2B to B2, B2C to B2B, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. Like, you can, you can go from B2B to B2C or B2C to B2B. Like, either way, like, your business is not end-all. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, you can be a service business and all of a sudden make a product. And you can be a product business. And people don't like this product, and you can turn it into a service. I I actually know a perfect business like that. I had my first client that night out was actually a repeat client from my freelance client. But this guy started a got all this funding and started a business where this was ten years ago. But he had this like blood glucose and blood um, blood pressure test machines, which had this USB plug in it so what we did was we built this dongle that you can plug in there and it sends that data up to the cloud like every time you take it yeah and then it tracks it and then um what happens is if you fill out the right insurance form and stuff like that that actually pays for your insurance and insulin bill and all of that like so it's good for like senior citizens right but within like a couple years we've realized that it's it's too much of a. um learning curve for us to get these senior citizens to use these machines like even though they're really Mm -hmm. simple just to get to that process was too hard so they ended up pivoting the business but what ended up happening because they were working with all these insurance companies like the insurance companies started like buying their machines and (laughs) and like hiring people to like go go out and (laughs) implement it with their patients so it went from uh failing b2c business to a thriving b2b business
1: (laughs) (laughs) so again it's like what we're talking about this evolution that happens that that you just naturally like if you stick with it and you learn from it and then you pivot along with the business and not resist it because i think sometimes entrepreneurs yeah yeah, we can resist like we're gripping to this idea of what we thought was possible what we thought was what we thought the answer was and if you grip to that and you just try to force it to happen it's it won't i think you have to be able to surrender in some ways like oh okay there's this the external environment is telling me that the need is something different than what i predicted it to be i gotta put my ego aside Mm -hmm. and go with it and let's see what Let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the, the that's why I think running a business is such a good I guess parenting too. It's very similar because when you're a parent very soon you you realize that like you realize that the <laughs> Okay, when you run a business, very quickly you realize that um, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter whether I think I'm right or wrong. <laughs> the market is always right, mm-hmm. right? Like that the market never lies. So you learn to kill your ego really quickly because it doesn't matter how much you think you're right. You put it out there, it's not going to sell <laughs> or it's not going to do well, right? Right. And, and at that point, you can kill your ego and make the switch <laughs> and try to try something else. Or you can keep going, right? But you're, you keep going. You're going to quickly fail. So I think that's why business is like such a great way to learn how to drop that ego and just really get humbled. And raising a child, I think, is the same thing because you're going to quickly realize it doesn't matter whether you're right or not. Nope. <laughs> the kid's going to do what the kid's going to do. <laughs>
1: You got to meet the market. You got to meet them where they are, like yeah. And
0: you got to find the solution somehow. And
1: that is a good example because I'm thinking about like how many times like I could and I could I could insti- like I could just put my walls up and let's go head to head with my three and a half year old. But you know, in terms of like, oh no, you're going to get in the car seat. You're going to, I mean, it's simple stuff, right? But if the more I the more yeah. I try to force my way, the less likely it's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. I mean you can uh, scream all you, you want. Sh- <laughs> Nothing's scream, gonna happen. I argue,
1: <laughs> but again, it's like once you surrender to what is and you fight you have to find a different way and meet the market. Of how are we gonna get you in this car seat? Um mm-hmm. and things get a lot easier.
0: But don't you think that that yeah I guess I mean they how, how come they can do that with their kids? But they can't do that in the real world i don't understand but
1: i don't think i don't think most people (laughs) i think you ask most parents i don't think most are doing that all the time i mean that's oh really yeah i mean it is a hard it is a
0: that's true i think most parents actually when i see in the public they kind of ignore it
1: right it's like no
0: they don't even scream at them it's more like like I don't no, care.
1: Right. It, it, it's a it's an intentional decision in the same way it is in business. You have to make an intentional decision to act a different way uh, and to do something different. Uh, I don't think it just happens. And that's why it's so hard.
0: Uh, uh, um I mean I, I find this shocking when like like kids um curse at their parents and the parents just take it. And I'm just like, really? Like, are you that lazy that you're not gonna do anything about that? (laughs) Like,
1: yeah. Well, and I mean, sometimes too, in their defense, sometimes you gotta pick your battles. I don't know what other battles you have. I mean, that's a pretty, Mm. pretty big one. But so I was like, okay, am I gonna fight about I'm not at that level where my kids are cursing at me, thank goodness. But it's Mm. like, am I really gonna fight with you about eating your string cheese the way I want you to eat it or not feeding it to the dog? I'm probably not going to fight that battle today. Like, like I'm going to let you do what you want. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's a delicate.
2: No,
0: but I'm saying it's, um, by the time we got there, it's already too late. Mm. Like, because I would never even, uh, <laughs> like, it's like what Denzel Washington said. I, I forgot which movie, like, you know, like, if you kill me in your dreams, you better wake up and apologize, right? Like, in my dreams, I wouldn't even curse my parents. Oh, my. <laughs> do you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> me either. I cannot so imagine. The,
0: <laughs> so the fact that it even got there, yeah. that means there was 10 steps before that, that went yeah. wrong. And a lot of, like, you know, I heard Jordan Peterson talking about this story of the dragon get that's getting bigger. And, like, that's what a lot of people do, right? These problems are usually tiny little problems that they just let go Mm -hmm. let go let go and little by little the more you ignore because and and the problem because the problem gets bigger the more you ignore it right the more you ignore it the more bigger it's and it's the same reason why people get out of shape it's the same reason why people don't pay their bills it's the same reason why they don't start their instagram like (laughs) you know what i mean it's like uh
1: (laughs) dude i I mean yeah i was i was gonna say all of that like uh man if I I mean if you ignore addressing anything in a relationship right it's going to build up over time and then you lose it over the dishes being in the sink like yeah. and you're like I want a divorce I'm out of here because you didn't address yeah. the yeah. all the little things along the way yeah. uh, but it's so uncomfortable I think for people yeah. it's so uncomfortable <laughs>
0: like that's what I mean like when Michael said most people would avoid uh, uncomfortable conversation, most people will do, like, 40 hours of work to avoid a 30-minute uncomfortable conversation.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm like, guilty, though. I'm guilty of that. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. Man, I'm guilty of, like, that in myself. Um, I'm really bad at, like, feeling my feelings. And so I just let them build up build up build up and then there's an explosion that's completely irrelevant to the scenario um in that moment so like
2: mm-hmm.
1: even like uncomfortable conversations with myself i think like i have a hard time with um and i think i mean that's just thinking about a business
0: um, the uncomfortable conversation with yourself probably is about an uncomfortable conversation with someone else, right? Yeah. Because usually, like, when I look, for example, the reason why I'm not talking to this person right now is because of this, but what is the real root cause of that, yeah. right? Something like that. But it's it's still related to that. No,
1: that's it's, true. It's still
0: the same thing that's defending me from... I Because if it was just us, we, there is no need for us to really work on ourselves. i think the reason why we need to work on ourselves is because we live with the other human beings
1: mm-hmm. no i think you're exactly right because yes it's those relationships that yeah. are dependent on it
0: we have no problem with dogs like <laughs> you know the dog pees in my living room i'm not gonna be like holding a grudge <laughs> on them forever you know what i mean like
1: <laughs> i mean that's true that's true. That is funny. Because I guess we the the dynamic of the relationship is very different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because we have different expectations from humans yeah. than we do from dogs. But why? I mean, we shouldn't have any expectations, regardless. But the fact that we have expectations, I think, is you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not a problem because it's it's human like that's, that's cool. what human brains mm-hmm. do
1: <laughs> but i mean I th- again i mean i think that that then relates back to like the businesses or like you have these expectations and your ability to detach from the expectation is what is required mm-hmm. to be successful and you have to set it aside because you can get so wrapped oh. up in that because like i'm thinking about like I have expectations of how I think people should operate. And so many times my expectation of how sh- people should do things actually creates a wedge in my relationships
2: because mm-hmm. I expect
1: them to do something differently, I expect them to act the way I would act, I expect them to act in a different way or do something in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I mean, that's everyone though. No, just I know.
1: <laughs> I know. But it, I mean, it's just like, all these like expectations that we put out there. And like you said, it's human nature. We're going to do it, but it's like, Mm -hmm. how much is the expectation driving your experience on this earth? And like, how, how much can you like detach from it? You can't stop yourself from having the expectation. You can't stop yourself from expecting Mm -hmm. you're going to be successful or, and you shouldn't, I don't think um but what you can do is kind of detach from that expectation or like see that expert expectation for what it is and that makes it a lot easier to keep going i
0: always struggle with that like because in order for you to do something (laughs) because like the motive is that oh i want this thing right i want i want to achieve this goal and that's the motive for you to go towards that goal but then the, the stronger that motivation is, the stronger you'll go, right? But if you don't have that expectation, then it's going to be, it's harder for me to like <laughs> motivate myself to do that every day, daily, right? To do that thing daily. And that's, I think, where most people go wrong is because like, you're right when i grip too hard when i want something too bad i never get it it's whenever i get it it's like oh shit! i got i ended up getting that when i when i stopped wanting it when i didn't care anymore right so yeah but so maybe the thing is like there is something you're going for but most likely what you'll get is something else.
1: <laughs> Probably. And um, I think too, like when you said the thing about motivation, man, motivation can only take you so far. And I think people get, in my experience, motivation doesn't is not what keeps me up, like going to go work out or getting up to like take care of the kids. Like, especially when I think about working out, people are like, how are you so motivated? I, most of the time, I'm not. Most of the time, I'm not motivated at all to get up at three thirty to go work out. What it requires mm-hmm. is discipline. You got to be disciplined to do that stuff. Like you, that is what will keep you. Motivation is just like not reliable. I can't. That is not gonna. I just don't think motivation is what drives people to like reach things or achieve things. Like I think it's just sheer discipline like i'm just gonna do this even when i don't want to um when i'm absolutely completely totally not motivated to do it i'm gonna do it anyway you're gonna show up and you're just gonna do it anyway like i think that is that's the difference in people
0: but no nobody can do that i mean almost nobody can do that (laughs) really because like the 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 human that's how the human motor system works right we we're, our brain is designed to Minimize the number of calories that we Use right So for us to get up and use that calorie Our brain has to justify like What am I getting out of this right So you know if So that's, that's what I'm, The word motive Motivation like motive comes from right Like the motive for me to drink Water is because I'm thirsty right So yeah. every action that we take There's a motive behind it So even a discipline, there's a motive behind the discipline. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yes. There's a reason why I I force myself to. Yeah.
1: There's an objective. There's definitely an objective. Right. But I think. I'd, I still think you can have that objective and not feel motivated to achieve it. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, that's why. Th-
0: that means maybe that's not. That shouldn't really be your objective. So you. Because that means you don't really want it, in my opinion. Okay. Don't you think? I mean, I guess. I think motivation is fleeting. Okay. I'm not going (laughs) to.
1: I think motivation is fleeting.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But discipline is the thing that's going to keep you working towards the goal. So I would, I personally separate my motivation. I mean, I do have a motivation. I see. I agree. I see what you're saying. But ultimately, there's an objective. I want to be healthy. I want to work out. I want to feel better. Like I'm using that as an example. But that motivation will only get me so may, maybe the better way to think about it, it's only gonna get me so far it's only gonna get so much for me until there comes a point where i have to flip on just the discipline to keep going um yeah.
0: <clears throat> no I agree. I agree especially
1: when it's hard
0: because one is logic because we're very emotional so if we rely on motivation there's going to be sometimes we work out hard and sometimes we yeah. don't and so those are the times that we were supposed to right <laughs> when we don't want to yeah. so your logical brain is for- is forcing you to do the things that you're not motivated to do yeah. right you don't have a motive to do it at that moment except your logical brain telling you so you're just like purely forcing yourself to do it and i agree because that's basically delaying gratification like your logic taking over and doing that is delaying grat- gratification and it's the number one key to success but Still, most people don't do it.
1: No, that's true.
0: (laughs) And most people will probably never do it.
1: And I think that's why they're entrepreneurs. Most of them fail. There's only so many Olympic athletes, right? Like that.
0: I, I, well, you have you seen the the marshmallow test from Stanford University, where they give kids marshmallow and say,
1: "Yeah, don't touch it." Yeah, like
0: I mean, so yeah. yeah, but that. That test almost shows shows that it's it's a it's not nurture it's nature because those kids they follow them all the way through like adulthood and there was like a direct correlation between people who gave up the marshmallow and people who were successful so and that that wasn't a it, it was, it's not an environmental thing right because when they were. When they're a child, you know, those those were almost innate for them, right? They 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 were they either had that discipline or they didn't. Yeah.
1: No, I I believe that. I don't think you can learn discipline necessarily.
0: I mean, yeah, so that that's why that's why I always struggle with for me. The only time I can self discipline myself to consistently do something is when I believe in in that outcome, or I believe in the, that thing. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have motivation, I can't discipline myself to do it. But if I do have that motivation, I can discipline myself infinite amount. <laughs> like yes, sleeping in the office, oh, no, I know. like in the air mattress, like
1: even now <laughs> you like working twenty four seven, like yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I... but
0: yeah, that that's that comes from a a higher motivation, I guess. Yeah, and I think most people would if they, you know, here's what I think the problem is. It all goes back to what I said about like running a business, humbling you, like. When you work in a nine to five job, especially here in America, you're so safe. There's safety net after safety net after safety net that I think you almost forget to, like, you almost forget that life is not guaranteed. <laughs> like, your survival is not guaranteed. Like, nothing in life is guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. And they just demand 100% security all the time. Yeah. So what ends up happening is they wouldn't take a bet where you you have 99.9% chance of winning <laughs> because it's not 100%. That's the reason why most people don't quit a job, right? Yeah. Like, even if they have a chance to succeed in a business, they still want the 100% security paycheck in the bank every two weeks. Yep. And... And what ends up happening, I think, there is then you stop believing in yourself. When you live in that kind of safety net, I think you stop believing in yourself. I, first, you stop trying. And then you slowly, you stop believing in yourself. Because, <coughs> you know, for me, I have, I have so much confidence that if I take these actions, that I'm going to become successful. Like, I'm going to ha- reach this outcome, Right. And that confidence is what makes me do it. Put in the work day in and... Even though today nothing is happening, this month nothing is happening, you know, my bank account is not growing, I'm still willing to invest that work day in and day out for the next year because I have faith that it'll happen. And if it doesn't, I'll make figure something out, right? right? That faith is what's making me do it. But most people we'll put in the work day in and out knowing logically <laughs> that that's going to happen and a month in they feel like i don't see that like it's i'm just like walking in the darkness for and i got to do this for another couple of years right and that's when they lose faith <laughs> and they just give up right yeah because they don't have that 100% guarantee yeah. And that's the that, that safety net created that for them.
1: We, yeah, so there's a lot of reliance on, like, the external support. Unemployment, yeah.
0: insurance, well, you, 401k. Your job, right? <laughs> like, you
1: become very self you, – your self-reliance is now driven by external um, things. Your job, primarily, like, that – that is what's driving you know that paycheck if you work a regular Mm -hmm. job like that paycheck is the external factor that you become reliant on like everything is hinging on that on that Uh and then i think there are people that are able to have more of the self-reliance like i'm gonna i'm gonna make this happen i'm gonna be the one that that can make it happen but And also when you were talking, it made me think about like early on when we started this with Michael, like, I mean, we're, we're now like in year four of doing this and you, you know, you hear people say all the time, like this doesn't happen overnight. Like this particular, like speaking this, this area of, or this like niche of where he's, what he's doing, what he's in. I mean, these people don't just like wake up one day, like Tony Robinson, just wake up one day and like, start to be this like known Mm -hmm. everywhere kind of motivational speaker. Mm
2: -hmm. I think
1: it was so easy for me, me in particular to like forget that and want to be like, Oh, this isn't working. Uh, We got to do something else. Um, But Michael as like an entrepreneur, someone who believes fully in himself who doesn't want to work for anyone else um, (laughs) is like, no, we're, we just keep going. Like this doesn't happen overnight and yeah, e- yeah. even when it's i also growing. think
0: that <clears throat> once you've done it once that belief is sol- mm-hmm. solidified
1: yeah you trust it more like you trust mm-hmm. that you can because
0: you've been you've there done it. I, i've been in the yeah. dark before yeah i i've i've walked in the dark without knowing if there's an end or not before yeah so going through it again now i have faith that there is yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean
1: like i've done this before i have the experience i've done it before Mm-hmm. I can do it again. Um, mm-hmm. No, you're, I think you're right,
0: and it's a familiar feeling that yeah, that despair of like, oh, nothing's happening. That's mm-hmm. a familiar feeling that you've been there. I've been down this road before. Yeah, <laughs> <This isn't laughs> and the third scary. time it goes easier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. I'm terrified, uh, and but- this
0: is exactly why I tell so everybody to always quit their job. I have. I mean, I, I mean, I guess first, first of all, I know, cause I know most people are not going to,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But then the ones that they do, when they do actually listen and they quit their job, like every single one of them have turned out like exponentially better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to, it completely shifts your, right. You go from this external like safety net. And then Mm -hmm. you've got this driver of, like, it's only you and yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. My brother actually just recently quit his job. He's been running a... a, The one
0: that's in the military?
1: Yeah. So, you know, he quit the military or, you know, he not quit, but, like, did whatever they...
0: Retired, yeah.
1: Retired, yeah. Gosh. Mm -hmm. Butcher that. But he retired, (laughs) like, six months ago. But he's had, like, a a regular job and um, he, he... had started a trash company. And so now he's like a disposal company that goes around okay. and like picks up trash, pick up trash. Yeah. Um, and he, <laughs> like yeah. the Sopranos. Yeah. Yes. He's a money launderer. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but he, uh, he's been doing that hustling. I mean, he has had employees. He just never, because like the, the cash flow wasn't at a point where he could quit his job. Um, but they recently like purchased their first like legit garbage truck and he quit his job and um it's so cool to see
0: that's his first fleet
1: his yeah cuz he's been doing like like regular awesome. trucks that are like rigged <laughs> mm-hmm. garbage trucks but he sent me uh, a picture okay. like and so now they have like their first like true garbage awesome. truck um it's actually really really cool um it's it's cool to see him Like do that, you know, and like to take that leap of, right, I'm going to now I'm going to quit my job. I had employees or I have employees. He has a business partner, but like quitting his job and just seeing, I mean, hustled.
0: That's exactly what I want to tell everyone to do, because here's the thing, right? I don't know your brother, obviously, but I'm assuming that he's similar to you, right? meaning he's probably also very valuable at his job where he works at yeah <laughs> not just his, his own business but the company but he, where he works yeah. in i bet you he's also valuable there <laughs> mm-hmm. right and what i notice is the reason why i tell everyone to quit their job is what i notice is that the most valuable people in the company did i tell you about that um I don't know if it's called Pareto distribution or price law, where a square root of a group produces half the outcome. Meaning if you have um, four people, two people produce half the outcome, right? So it's equal, like two, two. So Mm -hmm. that's about right, right? But if you have 10,000 people, 100 people (laughs) produces same outcome as 5,000 people. The problem is yeah. we don't know which hundred, mm. and that's how every business works. Like as an a organization grows, oh, the amount of output that's created is but gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So if you go to a mass, if you go to a company with ten thousand employees, literally a hundred people in there is doing most, most of the, most work. the
1: work. Oh, that's very <laughs> yeah. interesting. No, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that.
0: And the problem, the reason why they can't fire the other people. Is because they don't know which are the hundred.
1: Which are the hundred?
0: Yeah. They don't know exactly who are the hundred in that out of that ten thousand. That's the problem. Okay, I'm sure they have an so, inkling,
1: but they're not exactly sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And and, and you actually wouldn't know because those are the quietest people. Mm-hmm. You would the the people that you think obviously him. It's actually you would be wrong because there are the people who are loud and who who knows how to talk. Talk so they move up, but they're not necessarily the ones that that are needed in the company. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's it's very apparent to me. What from me, just visiting my clients' companies and talking to employees, and it's it's very apparent, right? So when I say people to quit, usually people resist, right? But usually those are the people that are one of those hundred people, and those are the people that if they quit their chance of success will multiply. <laughs> they're actually being underutilized by working in that company, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And But it's the ones that want to be the entrepreneur. Like most people that are like 23 years old and saying that they're starting a business, the advice I want to give them is shut the fuck up and go fucking work in a company, <laughs> right? The people that I'm telling them to go start their company actually don't even want to start their company. I
1: know, right? So
0: it's weird. The ones who want, and that's what I found out about everything. The ones who want to lead usually are the worst leaders. Mm -hmm. The best leaders don't want to lead. They just want to shut the fuck up and do their job right. And they just want everything to go right. That's all they want. They're forced to lead in the absence of leadership. Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah Yeah. exactly and then they <laughs> okay. end up being like super unhappy mm-hmm. in the leadership role and
0: the be- same thing the best entrepreneurs i've met are the ones who didn't want to quit their job but when- once they did they flourished right the worst entrepreneurs are the ones that are like want to be a ceo at age
1: 23 okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah gosh i'm thinking about 23 year old me Who's like, man, I had a lot to learn. I still do, but you just don't know anything. I mean, yeah,
0: 23, I feel like is the uh, developing age. I think 25 is kind of like, you know, I personally think, you know, everything should be 25. The cutoff age for like voting, alcohol, like everything, all of those things. I don't think it should be 18. I think it should be 25 because... In my opinion, there's a bigger difference between 18 and 25 than 12 and 18.
1: <laughs> Agreed. I know. I agree. I agree. Um, and and like, I don't even... Just I physically, remember. there's a
0: big difference physically? between 12 and 18. But mentally, there's a yeah. bigger difference, I think, between 18 and 25.
1: Yeah. I was trying to think about um, when does your frontal lobe like completely form? I think it's like 25... It's in that age, right? There's a very distinct difference. Yeah, that
0: makes sense, yeah.
1: And I think that's when your frontal lobe and like your emotional um, development is kind of, it's it's complete. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, the amount of growth- And that's the reason why- Yeah, I was just gonna say the amount of growth that happens between 18 and 25. As you're talking, I'm like, gosh, that is like- it's almost like the amount of growth that has happened from my like newborn to my zero a- to 18. <laughs> yeah. Like in from zero to three and a half, like the amount of like, oh, you can't even open your mm. eyes to like you're now having full-fledged conversations. you've learned an entire true. language. Yeah. like it's almost like that <laughs> amount of growth, I think uh. as I think about how much what and it's much more emotional, right? Like your emotional growth it's the ability to make good decisions yeah your decision making it, which is like why your decision your making lobe. is
0: way different yeah yeah <laughs> just think about an 18 year old college in a frat party versus like a 25 year old working in a in society right there's yeah a, the way they're gonna make decisions is so different and it's i can prove this by you know you know car insurance autumn like drastically drops when you hit 25 yeah like you think insurance companies are not dumb? They've yep. done their math. They've done. They've, they've
1: done. Yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> they, they've got some research. <clears throat> they there's
0: a speci- there's definitely a reason why there's a huge twenty five it yes. <laughs> There is a reason, and I bet you it's that.
1: Because <laughs> insurance companies are not idiots. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um okay so i always
0: try to yeah no go ahead i always try to follow the uh money in terms of because money is the universal language i feel like that keeps our society going without money we would collapse right like money is the trust that like the reason why we're not you know no matter what people think we're at m- the most peaceful time in, in earth history <laughs> and then why is because of money it's because you know why would china want to fight us when they can make money with us <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like money is what keeps us going <laughs> yeah keeps the peace going yeah
1: um <laughs> that is that's kind of funny when you say that uh Okay I, I this is like totally off what we're talking about, but I, I really want to get your opinion on this. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen what are, are you do you know what Lizzo did? Oh yeah, you know, I li- saw
0: your let me bring it up actually.
1: Did you look at her post by any chance? no
0: because I, like, I don't even know who Lizzo is so maybe we should start from there
1: what no you've okay first of all you've definitely heard her music um okay. you've definitely heard her music she's a very influential black female artist um okay. let me see i mean i've others? heard
0: of like cardi b <laughs> um
1: God, what is, I can't think of like what her, like, yeah, what's her biggest hit? Juice Rumors, Good As Hell. She's got a bunch of um, songs like on TikTok that went viral. Oh. Anyway, she is a. So she's like
0: a recent star, new star.
1: Recent star in the last, like, I'd say the last couple years. Um, anyway. She's very influential in like the artist community right now. So she had a song that um, apparently had a derogatory term in it. I didn't even know it was a derogatory term, but it was brought to her attention. And so yesterday, I think What's it was yesterday. What's um, Spaz was the term. And S-P-A-Z? So, yes.
0: S-P-A-Z? Okay. Yeah. I never heard of it
1: um what so they, <laughs> why so is that like the, the like the cerebral palsy community was like talking about uh, like, people that have spasms like how they spaz things. okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so but that's a she, different yeah but but it was brought to our attention it's a totally like different
0: be, word right uh,
1: well yeah. i don't know i i'm not fully educated on why like the ins and outs but i guess it m- the, m-
0: depends on the context of how she used it right <laughs>
1: And I think she was, like, you know, using it in a way, the lyric in her song, it was a lyric in a mm. song, was probably used in a way to, like, be, you know, as, as a, like, name calling kind of situation, I guess. Okay, okay. Kind of. Anyway, so she posted on, like, it was brought to her attention that this this word was, like, offensive to that community mm. in particular. And what I thought was, like, really cool about what she did i'm just pulling up her post is like she wrote um like she wrote a post about it like she owned it she was like you know it's been brought to my attention that there was a harmful world word in this song girls and she wanted to make it very clear like she was not trying to promote derogatory language because she's a black um overweight woman so she's been it, she was talking like about so she life. had no idea She's,
0: like she she had
1: she had she no idea need, yeah she didn't know that she i mean was that that happens
0: words. so often now though
1: yeah but and she said i I've, I've had so many um hurtful words used to get against me so she was like i've changed the the lyric in the song and um she was like this is a direct result of me listening and taking action and learning right like hey this is brought to my attention yeah I'm but listening to who to the community that was offended
0: you mean the people who yes the, the people who offended
1: the people that she offended yeah
0: or yeah or people and, who spoke out whatever
2: on yeah Twitter people or whatever.
1: Like, right yeah. that told her about it um, and she was like I'm dedicated to being a part of change. And so what and it all then it also like reading that made me also think about Adele who recently, like, we had bought tickets to see her in Vegas, in her Vegas show, and she had to cancel it. Like, couldn't get it. There. It was, like, at the 11th hour. Like, she was canceling the show, and um, she was, like, in tears and did this very tearful, I am so sorry, but I just have to own the fact that the show is not what, what i expect it to be. It's not the quality that I expect it to be. It's not um anything I want to do but we've run into so many roadblocks we've done everything in our power to to change it. I mean, she was in tears just like I'm so sorry, but I have to cancel. Kind of like owning uh, very publicly in a very raw vulnerable way, which I feel like Lizzo did too is like I was wrong. I'm going to do my best the best thing I know to do. I'm going to take the best action yeah. that I can to make it right but being very public and open about um being wrong i mean either way apology right yeah to apologize it's not even like and it it isn't it's like i'm taking ownership for my decisions not even like i'm so sorry for what i did i need to be educated or whatever like they they just are just like there's something about how both of them for me just like owned what happened and is like, this is what I'm going to do and doing it so publicly. I mean, you've got two figures here that are like such public figures. They're going to get slaughtered either way, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for whatever they choose. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um But I, I, I don't know. It just seemed very refreshing that you just don't see that a lot where people are just so willing
0: to, to apologize. Say I'm
1: wrong. Yeah. Not even uh, not right. even to apologize. Cause I think people apologize and there's inauthentic apologies. And but like to just say, I was I failed. Like Adele was saying, I failed. I failed my fans. I failed you. Mm-mm-mm. I did not do what I thought I could do. And now I'm having to come to you and tell you I failed. <laughs> um and same thing for Lizzo is like I'm having to come to you and tell you that I failed. And you're not only are you like that's that's like the ultimate uncomfortable conversation i think is like you're having to do it on this like world platform Mm -hmm. and everyone's gonna be talking about how you did it what you did wrong like everything um so anyway it's
0: probably just um like a natural reaction (laughs) what do you mean like for like, why people do that? Um, yeah. Like why people don't admit that they're wrong, like even when they know they're gonna get caught, <laughs> like
2: because
0: mm-hmm. because it's a for me to say that I was wrong or I'm guilty is uh such a natural it's such a such hard thing to do naturally i think human like for example when i was like 11 i got caught uh shoplifting like uh uh i was like stealing like hot wheels from like kmart yeah and i got caught and they took me to the you know back office and this was like when i was like 11 years old and i like i I was denying it and denying it. Obviously, they caught everything on on camera. (laughs) So he like reached into my pocket and like, and uh, yeah. But but I was asking him like uh, like, do people actually say they you know (laughs) they yes I stole it? And he said that like because there was all this picture of other people, other kids who shoplifted, and he said hundred percent of the time everybody always says no. Like. Even if they, even when they know they're caught on camera red-handed, like they'll never admit it, like until until the evidence is out and like there's no way they can deny it, and I think that's just human nature.
1: Yeah, I guess so. The the defensive nature, yeah. Well, and maybe that's why it feels so for me, anyway. When I see people, especially of that like level, that that much in the spotlight like being able to say i was wrong or like i have failed you like there's something very endearing and like yeah like uh just allows me to be like to empathize because i guess because Mm -hmm. we've all been there we've all been the 11 year old or the depends because i've
0: seen um i've seen apologies that are just so fake that
1: no exactly
0: yeah like when you watch uh have you do you know demi lovato yes when she was like she had she made that apology video and i was watching it and usually when there's like a big apology video like that uh all these people on youtube uh that are uh what do you call it like body body language experts like uh-huh. we'll watch the and like speech therapists and shit like that. They'll watch the whole thing and they'll they'll analyze it uh-huh. and like tell you like oh, this is a sign of them lying or this is a sign of like all of those things. And uh, wow. but I mean they don't they don't have to tell me like it's so obvious when you watch those things. It's usually it's very obvious whether they're genuine or not.
1: Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like I could tell, uh-huh. like in the Adele video, like she was jealous. Like – Like, you could just see this, like, devastation of, like, I failed. And I don't even know what the devastation was driven from. But you could just, like, I wasn't upset Mm -hmm. at all that she had, we had, you know, spent this time and money to get these tickets and we weren't going to be able to go. It was Mm -hmm. like I wasn't upset at all because I just, I knew how genuine she was being. She was just, like, another human who had an experience And who had failed, and it's like, oh, I could see myself like I have failed. I have done that. I'm so proud of you for like. Mm -hmm. It instead of like just probably because
0: I I haven't heard the apology. Yeah, but it's probably because uh, I mean the body language expert will probably (laughs) there there is probably a video out there of somebody who's like analyzing it. Yeah,
1: probably. I'm gonna have to look now.
0: A lot of it, I think, has to do with the fact that when somebody apologizes, even like your friend, right? When you get into an argument with a friend and someone apologizes to you, the biggest tell for me is whether they're taking 100% of the blame versus they apologize and then they give an excuse on why mm-hmm. <laughs> that happened, right? Because if, then if, if the apology is followed by an excuse... That means you're not really sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you
0: understand what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because you're basically saying that it's still not my fault because it's because of this, this excuse. Is...
1: Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Or like uh, when people say, I'm sorry you felt like that. That's like my number one like pet peeve is when people yeah. are like, oh, I'm I sorry. I think that's you what the, that Demi Lovato
0: way. did. Yeah.
1: Like, like, what? making
0: the apology, making it seem like, oh, you just didn't get I my did point. You're like, the d-
1: right. <laughs> yeah. I'm you're sorry the dumbass. You felt that way. Like, uh, so
0: it doesn't sound very sorry to me.
1: <laughs> no. That, okay. So, are you going to apologize for that? Because I'm like, I'm sorry you felt that way. I see that. I watch a lot of trash TV. Like, I watch all the Housewives shows. And, uh, uh like the real housewives on bravo and you'll see a lot of apologies that are like mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry that uh you felt that way and i'm just like oh, that is such a shitty apology yeah what do you that isn't yeah. an apology i don't know what that is it's almost like gaslighting i think but
0: um where do you think that culture i mean <laughs> not everybody obviously is like that no but there is definitely a part of uh elite i wouldn't even say elite because like i would just say like upper middle class right and i would consider anyone that's with a household income of a hundred thousand dollars or more upper middle class okay like people they bought into that whole culture of like um this hostile like like, I have to condescend you a little bit in order for me to feel better about myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, in cities like New York, L.A., you know? Like, people have bought into that whole culture. Like, why? <laughs> and it's kind of like a recent phenomenon.
1: I, I, where... think, I think it's social survival. It's a social survival tactic. And yeah, because true. we've, we've progressed. Yeah. yeah, we've we've progressed so much that we're not worried about hunting and gathering, right? We're now in this phase of um just like the social survival and the social game. Mm-hmm. And there's so much like protection, uh a, like um this armor these things that we feel like we have to do in order to socially survive because any kind of vulnerability, I mean, admitting you're wrong in any way, just like we were talking about admitting you're wrong in any way. That's what an apology is. is I was wrong. I mean, and that puts you in a vulnerable state of the, the sur- this social survival game where it's no more, no more, you know, the focus is no longer our physical survival. Yeah. It's really like our social survival. And every time we admit we're wrong, or say we're sorry, or God, that's like a, that is such a fucking vulnerable place to be.
2: <laughs>
1: that's like yeah. opening up the lions, like saying, come on in lion. Like I'm here. I'm caveman. I'm here. I'm just chilling. Like,
0: I don't even think it's, I don't even think the fear comes from uh, fear of like what people are going to do to me or what people are going to say. I don't even think that's the fear. I, I think the fear of just saying it alone yes, is already... Because most likely they're not going to do anything,
1: right. which I know,
0: but I, I'm still scared <laughs> to say it. Uh, I guess it's, it's a fear of judgment. Like, they're not going to yeah. do anything, but I know what they're going to think.
1: <laughs> well, you think you know what they're going to think, right? Yeah. You think you know how they're yeah. going to react. You think you know... You make up a lot of stories in your head, not just you, but every, at me, like... Ninety nine percent of the time, whatever story um we've made up in our heads is like what does Michael say? It it, it like never happens. Like it never mm-hmm. happens. Um I mean, in that
0: kind good. of scenario, yeah. It probably does happen. Like where somebody will judge you. Like but the thing is, um you won't know, right, whether somebody judges you or not unless you're inside their brain. So At that point, it's not that it's not going to happen. It's just that you just have to not care even if it happens.
1: (laughs) Well, it is. So what I can tell you is what I believe is it does happen. It is going to happen. We are judgmental beings. The reason that we're judging is because we're like, it's almost a way of how we survive. You have Mm -hmm. to judge. I mean, you're constantly judging. I mean,
0: when you're hiring somebody in an interview, you're judging them. (laughs)
1: yeah because you have to pick one out of ten so i have
0: to judge which one's better than other
1: (laughs) yeah like and i think there's a that judgment is going to happen and i think again and maybe like the theme for this conversation for me right now is just like detachment from the judgment it's like i can't stop myself from judging what people say and how they act and what they're going to do i really can't and it's not a bad thing No, but I I do think it's part of our survival, right? Like that, Uh. that's innate. We're supposed to be judging things for their safety, for our security, for, Uh. for our survival. So the judgment, I don't want to take away and I don't want to like lose that. But what I have to detach from is like, how am I going to use that judgment? Like, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to get really lost in it, wrapped up in it and use this in a, in a way that's detrimental to me or to the other person um or that's unfair to them in some way but you know when you when you say you're completely non-judgmental I, yeah. I i i think that's that's not that's not true and like just
0: dropping like the whole like judgment detox thing like just getting rid of your judgment is not the answer either because what like we said we have to be able to judge in order to hire people, pick our mate. Like if you're dating three guys, you have to make a judgment to pick which one, right? (laughs) Like the things like that. (laughs) Like, so that is That is a skill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's... uh... I think we
0: just need to be okay that, for example, let's say I'm one of the three guys and I didn't get picked. So... Obviously, I was judged. <laughs> Son, you're not good enough. You're a judge. Like, I didn't get picked. I I have to understand that, yes, I was judged, and I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> and I'm not trying to control I mean? it. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like... Oh, I guess I, I'm ranked number trying... three out of three. <laughs> That's information. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah, you have to detach... Man, there's so much attachment. I feel like that has to happen from like what other people are going to think. You cannot stop it. Like that's something I feel like we grip to, too, is like we're trying to grip toward to like what what is son going to think about me when I mm-hmm. do this? It, it Who cares? that is a loop that you're going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose that game every single fucking time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: every time. Because that is so unpredictable. And so all you're going to cause yourself is a lot of fucking anxiety and a lot of distress because you have no idea how that's going to go. And so you have to, like, it's It's, hard. It's like trying to fight the
0: market, like (laughs) trying to control. Forcing your way.
1: (laughs) Forcing your way in a. You ever watch
0: a stand-up comedian, like, at a small comedy club who's, like, bombing, like, terribly. And he's just trying to save it. But instead of, like, actually being funny, like, he's being hostile. And it just gets worse. Like, he's, like, digging his own grave, right? (laughs) At that point, like, he starts fighting with the audience and shit like that. Like, you can't force your your way out of that situation, buddy. (laughs) Like,
1: you can't force
0: people to laugh at your jokes. (laughs) You... In order for them to laugh at your jokes, you have to be funny. And if they're not laughing at your jokes, that means you're not funny. And that's the harsh reality that just hit you. <laughs> and you need to accept that. Doesn't matter how much you think you're funny. If they're not laughing, you're not funny.
1: <laughs> to them, yeah. Like, yeah. And that, so it's like, yeah, you have to detach from this, this like, This expectation that you can control that. That you can can control do something about that. Mm -hmm. Control their yeah. Like you can't. I mean, that's so much easier said than done. Um but I do think it gets into this like you're gonna lose. Like you can play every scenario in your head in trying to predict. Um and i'm not saying like be careless cuz i mean like take a negotiation for example like yeah you are trying to predict like oh these are the couple different paths this this could go down or if you're in a sales job and you're doing negotiation you're trying to sell things yes like you do need to have a little bit of a prediction of like how this is going to go but if you are like solely trying to control what someone thinks about you and like that's why you're focused on it's like okay i have to say this just right because if i don't then son's gonna feel this way about me or think this about me or dude that's just a lot of sleepless nights
0: i personally think that even in the interview situation and things like that like you shouldn't even try to control those things like those like you know like you have to like make these points and like i don't even think you should control those things because at the end of the day what was going to happen is going to happen <laughs> and
1: what's supposed to be will be yes
0: yeah and if that person doesn't hire you because of that thing that you just honestly said or you know that just came out of you of you just being yourself then it probably wasn't that means that was going to probably cause a problem later on if you hid that information anyway so Yeah, I just think that even like that's my philosophy not everybody's like that like Steve Jobs is the exact opposite of that philosophy right like he had this like uh delusion that he can change the world like uh, that he can actually change people right (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and to a certain degree he did right so that worked for him right so if that's who you are And that's where you want to find value. Then that's how you should live. You should try to control things. You should try to change the world. You should try to, like Elon Musk, right? Elon Musk is not, he wants to change the world, right? He wants to change people. He doesn't want to just accept, right? But to me, like Elon Musk is uh, the last human that I would want to be on this earth. (laughs) Because that, that seems like a miserable life to me. Do you understand what I mean? But yeah. to him, it's fulfilling. So Elon Musk, go ahead, thank you. Steve Jobs, go ahead. But it's just not me, and I just think most people would yeah. be miserable in that situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I think I think we're all miserable trying to. Uh, Trying to control other people. That is a miserable place <laughs> yeah. to be. And yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we, we'll never know, right? Like, Steve Jobs was probably very miserable, I think.
1: Potentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe his misery was in some ways his comfort. It's probably all he knew.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. We should wrap up this one. And then we'll do another one. Okay. Thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Cheers. Bye.
1: Thank you.